But um, I just want to call it today a touch of heaven. And recently here, we had, we had gone to Mississippi last weekend, and I was standing in worship, and I began to feel the rain come down, like in the spirit. And I hadn't felt the rain like that, like it felt so real to me that I looked around to see if somebody was like splashing water or something, and it was in the spirit. And so I just got so excited for heaven's rain to come. So then I come in here Thursday, and I'm, I'm in worship before our guest speaker uh, spoke that day, and I feel water follow me again. And I was like, Lord, is this the rain that I felt when we were in Mississippi? Because this time when we went to Mississippi, we hadn't been there in a long time. But this time when we went, the land looked differently. And it was crazy because I saw it naturally differently, and I saw it in the spirit differently. And I could feel the plowing in the land and the things that people had done in the spirit and intercession and prayer. And I say that to encourage you because your intercession and your prayer is very powerful over a region. And sometimes we don't see the effects of it because we're sitting right in the smack dab of the region. So we don't feel it or see it. But when you leave and come back, you begin to feel it and you see it again. Because you become unfamiliar with what God is doing somewhere. And I believe even this morning the Lord is telling us, do not be familiar with the things that I'm doing in this hour. Do not take for granted how I'm moving in my healing, how I'm, how I'm giving you revelation, how I'm speaking to you in the night hour, how I'm filling your mouth with certain prayers to pray. Don't be familiar with what I am giving you. We say this to our kids. If we feed them the same thing all the time and they start complaining, we're like, you, we need to be thankful for what's on your plate, right? And we as believers, sometimes we do the same thing. We become familiar with what the Lord is serving up to us in a season. And we have to break that off. That's being familiar with who he is and what he's giving us. So I've, you've got to just train yourself to, to break out of that. That's part of your breakthrough this morning. That's part of breaking out and breaking through is that some of you have been in ministry for so long that you're like, oh, yeah, that's this, and that's that, and oh, yeah, I felt this before. Oh, yeah, I've been there before. Oh, I've already encountered that. And the Lord's like, wow. Don't you realize that not everybody gets to experience me this way? Don't you know that it is a privilege and an honor to experience him in ways that so many people around the world have never seen him or experienced him that way before? And so I purpose, you know, like when you get a new car, you're like all excited about your new car and you're like, oh my God, I love this car. It does this that the other car didn't do. It does that. Oh, I'm so excited. Give it a month. <laughs> Give it a month of sitting in your car, driving it every day. You become familiar with the car and you turn on your AC like no big deal, but your car before that didn't have no AC. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> It happens to everybody. I'm not excluded. It happens to everybody. 
And so I have purpose to be in, in thanksgiving and grateful for every time the touch of heaven comes. Because we can't just walk away from that unchanged and untransformed in our mind and in our spirit. If you're having encounters, if you're having dreams, if you're having revelation, and it's not transforming you to be different and to have change in your life, then you've become familiar. And so I go, and I'm just like, I, I felt the rain come in on Thursday, and the Lord right now is speaking to us about the land, taking back the land, and even taking new territory. And the only way we take up new territory is if we're thankful and grateful for what we already have, what God's already done, the breakthrough, the plowing, the sacrifice that's already been given for where we're at this minute. If we don't, we're going to miss it like the people did when on their way to the promised land. They went around the mountain again and again and again, and then they didn't realize why they were going around the mountain. Well, they took for granted what the Lord was doing. He was giving them manna from heaven. <laughs> and he took it for they took it for granted. They were like, we're tired of the manna. We want the meat. <laughs> Some of us have turned into that. And we just need to just like snap out of it. So there's a transformation coming to the land through intercession and prayer. But the thing about it is, is that, is that our intercession and prayer has to come with a blessing for the land. You can't just come and say all these things are wrong with the land and not replace it with other good things. I hate this land. It's so dry. It's nasty. It's like wilderness to me. And then you don't, that's all. You're done. <laughs> and the Lord's like, don't you see the good in the wilderness? Don't you see the good in the land? And I just feel like there has to be a shift in it, even in our prayer and our intercession, to see the good. Because there's things that are so deep in the soil right now that our ancestors invested in, they sacrificed for, they labored in, and threw themselves on this soil that we have no idea the things they did before we came. I'm not originally from Ohio. I can't tell you what your ancestors did. I can go back to Texas and tell you the history of the wars and all that, all those things. But there's things here in Ohio, in the land, that are waiting for the sound to come to begin to awaken and shake open the ground again with the dunamis power God's given us to begin to shift and vibrate the land so those seeds can come forth and begin to bloom again. See, nothing's dead in the kingdom of God. It may be dead in the natural eye, but in the spirit, it's alive. Somebody sent me this message, and the Lord's just remembering. I'm just flowing with the Holy Spirit this morning. This is not even on my notes. <laughs> but somebody sent me this message of their land, and they were like, can you believe it? The, the peach trees are starting to come again, and it, the tree's been dead for I don't know how many years. And all of a sudden, they're seeing peaches come alive on the tree again. Well, that doesn't surprise me because in the spirit, there's things being done that causes that that tree has no choice but to produce fruit again. <laughs> it happens in the natural of what's going on in the spirit. 
<laughs> but in Genesis, uh, the Lord began to tell me that what I was experiencing on Thursday night, the Lord told me, he says, this is not rain you're experiencing, but this is the dew that you're experiencing. And um, one morning last week, I got up and we came to the church and I walked outside. And as soon as my feet hit the, gra the grass, I started seeing the dew on the grass. And I was like, man, did it rain? And I looked in the parking lot and the parking lot was dry as can be. But the grass was wet and it was the dew. So the Lord was reminding me Thursday and he's like, remember this past week, you began to see the dew in the natural and he's like, let me tell you what the do is in the spirit. And so Genesis 27, 28, Isaac says a blessing over his son. This is where I believe the Lord has us as, as even his children. From the dew of heaven and the richness of the earth, may God always give you abundant harvest of grain and bountiful new wine. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> If, he, if Isaac said that to his son, here's Jesus now saying, this is what I'm speaking over you about the dew. Because it's due season for the dew. <laughs> I heard the word and I saw the word richness, I don't know, like three, four times before I left to Mississippi. And the Lord was reminding me about that because in part of that one verse, it talks about the richness of the earth. There is richness of the earth here in Ohio. It's very evident in the natural, the harvest that is reaped in this region. It's evident that we see the good soil when we pass by the farms. It's evident in the air that we smell the liquid gold at times, that there is, there is good soil here. <laughs> we don't care too much for that part, but it, it's a representation of how good the soil is, that it's been plowed, it's been, you know, torn up from the roots to put the new harvest down. And so the, the word richness is the condition of being happy and prosperous. That's the biblical meaning of richness, a spiritual well-being. That's what the Lord is saying right now, the condition of being happy and prosperous. Who wants to take happy and prosperous this morning? Don't you want the richness? I'll take If nobody here wants it, I'll take it. I'll take it all. I'll take your richness, your riches, nurture. <laughs> you got to be aw awakened this morning. You got to wake up, people. I only had one cup of coffee. Let your spirit wake up. <laughs> I don't know about you. Somebody says, I have riches for you. No, you have riches for me. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Let me go run and get this richness that you have for me, Jesus. <laughs> There's a richness arising from the ground right now like never before in response to the prayer and intercession. The sound of prayers and intercession is reaching the Father's ears and then falling back down to the earth with the touch of dew upon it. <laughs> it's so good because, you know that old saying, what goes up must come down? <laughs> we don't apply that to prayers, though, right? <laughs> Our prayers go up, but God, God, where are you? And the Lord's like, what you send up is what comes down. If you're not receiving any of what comes down, then there's something wrong with your prayer life. 
You got to read. <laughs> if you're not spending enough time in prayer and intercession, and it's not just about yourself. It's about prayer for your community, prayer for the people around you, prayer for your region, prayer for your state. There, there's a prayer that has to be birthed inside of you for you to have the love for others. And it's not just your household or your house. I probably spend 90% of the time praying for everything else and maybe 5 or 10% of my time praying for my home and my family. Because that's how the Lord has just taught me that if I'm about his business, he'll be about my business. So Moses talks about the word do in Deuteronomy 32 too. And he said, let my teaching fall on you like rain. Let my speech settle like dew. Let my words fall like rain on tender grass, like gentle showers on young plants. But you know what, really, when I read this, I was like, Moses is the one that didn't have, he couldn't talk very well. Remember, that's why Aaron came. But look what he says here in Deuteronomy. He says, let my teaching fall like you uh, on rain. Let my speech settle like dew. He's talking about his speech here. So somewhere along the way, he got it about his speech being powerful and how God was going to use him in that speech. Somewhere there was an awakening. There was something that happened in a shift with him that now in Deuteronomy, he's like, let my speech settle like dew. Dew to me is blessings. Let my speech, what I'm telling you from God, be like dew upon you. Numbers 11.9. This is so powerful. The manna that fed the children of Israel in the wilderness came with the dew. We missed that part. <laughs> when it's, it's in verse 9, 11, 9 numbers. When the dew settled on the camp at night, the manna also came down. I don't know if y'all were here, but I guess like two messages ago or something like that, we were talking about the bread how we were seeing bread, we were seeing all this bread everywhere, and, you know, even a sign I found in the supply closet about the bread, and how uh, the Lord had told us when we first moved here, it was going to be an endless amount of bread, and here it comes that when the dew came, that's when the manna came, manna the bread, and so God supernaturally sent it to them, and he's supernaturally sending it to us now. Isaiah 26, 19, it was in reference to the awakening, refreshing, and the reviving. This is NLT version. But those who die in the Lord will live. Their bodies will rise again. Those who sleep in the earth will rise up and sing for joy. For your life-giving light will fall like dew on your people in the place of the dead. When he's talking here, he's talking about dying to yourself, dying to the things that, that I, I grew up learning this, even from my leaders. You die to yourself because you're not your own. You belong to him. You do what he says to do. You're all about his business. You're no longer about your own business, doing what you want to do, but you're about what he wants to do. And when you die to yourself and that point comes, for your life-giving light 
Because we need the light of the Father because the light dwells inside of us. And with the light that dwells inside of us will fall like dew on your people in the place of the dead, evangelist. <laughs> the light that sits inside of you, let the, let the life-giving light that it will fall like dew on people in the place of the dead. When you're out ministering, you're giving a word to somebody, you're giving them encouragement, you're coming with the love of the Father. Let it be like dew on your people in the place of the dead. Those that are dead to the things of God, let them be revived, let them be awakened again, that they would have a sense to know that you're even present here on earth. Hosanna used do as a form of repentance. Hosanna 14, 4 through 5. I will heal their, black, their backsledding. I will love them freely, for my anger is turned away from him. I will be as the dew unto Israel. He shall grow as a lily and cast forth his roots as Libyan. His branches shall spread, and his beauty shall be as the olive tree and his smell of Libyan, Lebanon. Isn't that beautiful how he talks about the scent and the smell of the land of Libyan and then talks about the dew, even the dew that came to Israel that refers back to the manna that they were getting even back then. It's, it's in the roots. We have roots of our ancestors. There's roots there that God is talking about. And he's like, man, he's like, there's roots there even from back then. Even from our ancestors from back then. And his branches shall spread and his beauty shall be as an olive tree and his smell as Libyan. Psalms 110.3. Your people will offer themselves freely on the day of your power in holy garments from the womb of the morning, the dew of your youth will be yours. <laughs> That's refreshing, reviving. You're going to feel youthful. You're going to have supernatural strength. The dew is coming to produce all of this. This is why I'm sharing these scriptures with you because the dew has a lot in it. It's not just this thing that you walk out in your grass and you feel it wet again. In the spirit, it represents a lot. Psalms 133.3. As a dew of Hermon were falling on Mount Zion, for there the Lord bestows his blessing, even life forevermore. I want to read all of that psalm. A song for, for, for pilgrims ascending to Jerusalem, a psalm of David. How wonderful and pleasant it is when brothers live together in harmony. For harmony is as precious as the anointing oil that was poured over Aaron's head, that ran down his beard and onto the border of his robe. This, oh, Sheena. Harmony is as refreshing as the dew from Mount Hermon that falls on the mountains of Zion, and there the Lord has pronounced his blessing, even life everlasting. It's just a beautiful picture of what dew produces. Dew comes in the harmony, of, the harmony of unity amongst the brothers. Not only does the dew get produced, but the oil comes too. Because the Lord loves brothers and sisters to be in unity. 
It makes them happy. I know that's something my mom and dad instilled to us. Anytime we were mad at each other as brothers and sisters in my family, it would so upset them. And they're like, they would invite us over for a barbecue on a weekend. They're like, if you could just stand one another for a couple of hours, you know, you are blood related. (laughs) And it would bring such joy to them when we would gather and we were together in unity. So I can imagine how the Father in heaven feels when we as children who know his love can come in unity together. That's something I don't understand when people can't be in unity, but they say that they love. No, you can't love and not have unity. It doesn't work that way. When you know the true love of the Father, then you'll have unity because your spirit won't allow you to be angry. (laughs) Your spirit won't allow you to be offended or hurt. Your spirit will come in and say, no, be loved to that person. When you see them, it doesn't matter who cares about all the junk and the mess. I mean, that's where I'm at. I'm like, who cares about all that mess? I'm just going to love you wherever you're at. If you're a mess, I'm going to love you. If you're okay, I'm going to love you. It doesn't matter anymore. But the Jewish, they had a a Jewish prayer. And I'm going to try my best to say this right, so forgive me if I say it wrong. But it was a tefillat tal is what it was called in the Jewish Um, and it was, it was called blessing for due. And I was like, how powerful is this? Right. They grew up learning this, like learning this prayer. And I thought it was so powerful for a now time. May the dew fall upon the blessed land. I love that. May the dew fall upon the blessed land, not the corrupt land, not the land that's infested with drugs and, and, and war and all this stuff, but the blessed land. See, they were declaring over the land in their prayer here, and their prayer began to change. And they're like, we don't see our land any other way than being blessed. Why do we only see our land being blessed? Because that's what he says about it. That's what he says about the land. He sees it blessed. Fill us with heaven's finest blessings. If your land is blessed, so will you be blessed. Right? (laughs) Why? Because you feed off of the land. It's in response to what you're saying over it. I, I, I shared this a couple of weeks ago about people talking to their plants and their flowers. And I thought it was hilarious. But it's, it's really true that when you speak over your flowers, that they respond to you speaking to them. And I was like, that's, that's crazy. But it's not crazy. Because the land begins to respond to what you're saying over it. Because we're ambassadors for the Lord. May a light come out of the darkness to draw Israel to you as a root finds water from dew. That the roots of our life find water even from the dew. You know what that says? Even when you're in the wilderness, even when you're dry as can be, that's what you say, that my roots that you put in from years ago, that you taught me even as a kid, may those roots come out and go for the dew. May you bless our food with dew. (laughs) May we enjoy plenty with nothing lacking. Grant the wish of the people that followed you 
through the desert like sheep with dew. <laughs> Everything was about the dew back then, right? <laughs> you are Adonai, our God, who causes the wind to blow and the dew to fall. The worship team this morning, wind blow, wind blow, wind blow. The prayer that was being extended to you through prayer, even in personal prayer, wind blow, wind blow. See, the stuff that tries to stick to us, when the wind comes, it can't stay. Us Ohioans should know the wind very well. When that wind comes in, it'll knock you down. Your door can't even stay open sometimes because the wind comes in so strong. I've had my friend's door break one time because the wind came and broke part of the door. And I was like, man, we got to be careful with the wind. It's powerful here in Ohio. <laughs> hey, catch it in the spirit, I did. Speak to the land. <laughs> and then it goes on, it says, for blessing and not for curse. That the wind would be for blessing and not for curse. It could be a curse, according to the farmers. If the wind is too much, the seed won't take root into the ground. I've read about it. People have told me about that. It's got to be the, the perfect setting for that seed to take ground and cause a root to grow. So we speak that over the land of Ohio for blessing and not for curse. <laughs> And then it goes on for life and not for death. How many of us are speaking life to our state and our city and our region? We have to speak life. And that it be an exchange, not for death. You see something dying in the natural, you speak life to it. I'm talking about everything. You see a business, you see a church, you see something dying, you speak life over it. You, in your family, you see love dying. You see things dying in your family. Guess what? You speak life to it. I speak life to the love between me and my husband. I speak life to the love between me and my kids. I speak, do you understand what I'm saying? You've got to begin to shift it and speak the opposite and not speak the curse to the land or to your home or to where you live. It happens to all of us. Why? Because we're the ones doing the work in it. That you can easily be so caught up in the labor and the work that you forget to enjoy the reaping of the land. We say that again. It's time to enjoy the land and the reaping of the land. This land will be blessed. It will not be cursed. I must be cursed because this and this and this and this is happening to us. Well, you just agreed with the curse. Somebody must have witchcraft on me and they've cursed me. And now I have all this bad luck. No, you're not cursed. You're blessed. So you have to, you have to counteract what the enemy wants to put in your mind and for you to believe. You can't believe the devil anymore. Even for your jobs. God, I hate this job. It's terrible. It's been such a cursing to me. 
does this and that to me. Well, if you see it as a curse instead of a blessing, yeah, it will. It'll be a curse to you. But if you thank the Lord for a blessing in it, because sometimes in even your job, it's labor, and you get tired and weary in that labor, and, you're, and then you'll see it as a curse instead of a blessing. So any t- time I hear something different that has pulled me away or, or done something, I say, this, God, I just thank you for what you're sending our way. I thank you for the blessing. For plenty and not for lack is the rest of it. <laughs> for plenty and not for lack. If the word lack comes out of your mouth, you have spoken it into existence over your home and over your land. <laughs> if you have, today go back home and say, my house will have plenty, my land will be plentiful. You've got to speak the opposite. Even though in the natural you see lack, you say, no, we will not be in lack. We will have more than enough. The dew is falling on us today and on our land, and it's coming to refresh us. And I don't want to take it for granted, the dew that the Lord is sending us, because just because it's not heavy rain, sometimes we'll miss out on the little things. That the, why is the fox after the little things? Why are the foxes after the little things? He's, the enemy comes to come after the little things when we don't pay attention to the little things. When the little things are what matter the most. It's not the grandioso things that we think are in our lives right now that are the most that matter. It's the little things that matter. I've always been that kind of person. I've got signs in my house that say, you know, it's in the little things because it's true. It's in the little things. It's you sitting at your dinner table and having a meal to eat. It's you getting in your car and having a car and maybe not the one you want. It's not the Mercedes or the Lexus. But you sit in your car and say, thank you, Jesus, for my car. That it takes me from A to B and it keeps me safe. The minute I want to complain about something, it could be anything. Let me tell you. Real easy to be a complainer. And it always comes when you're tired and you're weary. When you're exhausted. The devil knows. He knows. He's like, let me slip this in her mouth because what she says is power. What he says is powerful. And if I can slip, slip this, little, this little thing in there, then I got him. Because then it goes from one little thing and it just goes on and on and on and on till all of a sudden you don't want to be with your spouse anymore. Your kids are horrible. You, do you understand what I'm saying? Let's just be real here. And all of a sudden you sit down and Holy Spirit comes and falls on you. And then you're like, oh, my God, what did I just do? I just cursed every part of my life, not even realizing it because I moved out of my emotions and how I felt in my body and how I felt in the natural that now, God, I just take it all back. (laughs) I just take it all back, Lord. The words that came out of my mouth. (laughs) I'm never going to have a wife. I'm never going to have a husband. Well, 
you're probably not because you just cursed, you just cursed your marriage life. You got to speak the opposite. <laughs> Let's just stand this morning. I want to talk about something that is so important in all this. Because the Lord this morning just started taking me to this very deep place with him. You know, when I was growing up, we weren't a feely, touchy, huggy kind of family. <laughs> I'm just being real. Like, my parents were, were older when they had me, and they were old school. It's like... You knew they loved you, but it wasn't always expressed in the natural. You know what I'm saying? And so I had to learn how to express my love. When I came into my husband's family, they were always hugging and loving on each other. And I was like, what is this? I don't understand this. This is weird and awkward to me. <laughs> and I would like clench up sometimes when I went through the process because I was like, this is weird to me. And the Lord just started talking to me about the touch. And I was like, Lord, like, there's so much about the touch of heaven. And that's what he started to tell me even this morning for us. And he was like, I want to come and I want to come in the touch. And I'm just going to be transparent this morning because that's just how we are. But last night I was sitting there and I lost my mom and my dad when I first moved here. And last night I was making dinner and I said, me and my husband had a talk the other day and we were like, what will we do if we, see our, if we saw our mom and dad again? What will we say to them? And I told my husband, I would just be quiet because I would want to hear all about heaven from her. <laughs> I would just be quiet and not say a word because I would want her to tell me everything about heaven, how exciting it is, how beautiful it is, and her adventure she's having with Jesus and my dad and the house they have there. And I sat there last night and I said, God, I said, I just, I just miss the touch of my father and mother, the embrace and the hugs. And, and I'm telling you this for a reason. Because as I began to process this with the Lord, the Lord came to me and the Lord said, I'm here. And I want to touch you. And I shut my eyes for just a moment. And I started to have to smell the fragrance of this perfume my mom used to use. And I started to smell the fragrance of how my dad smelt and all of a sudden I could feel the presence of the Lord walk in the room and I could feel the touch of the Father come comfort me through the Holy Spirit sometimes we long from the touch of humans more than we do from God but the touch from God is so much better than anything else in this world. And I say this out of experience. 
It was his touch that touched the people to bring healing to them. In Luke 8, 46 says, but Jesus said, someone touched me, for I perceive that power has gone from me. It was a woman that came to touch Jesus. And I believe this morning the Lord's like, you've been asking for a touch. A touch from heaven. The dew's here. The blessing's already here. But don't you want to go past the blessings? Because it's not just about the blessings all the time. It's just about you and him and feeling the touch in your heart from him. Feeling his love. Feeling the very essence of who he is at times. Matthew 9, 29, it says, Then he touched their eyes, saying, According to your faith, let it be done to you. It was his touch that came and brought the healings to all the different people. The leprosy left because he touched them. And people freaked out. What are you doing touching a leprosy? How could you dare do that? You're going to get it. Let's put it to a now time, right? How could you dare touch a person who had COVID? <laughs> And we have so much fear. It's his touch that purifies us. The enemy will come and lie to you and make you feel unholy sometimes. And then the Lord says, just one touch. Just one touch of me in your heart. Just one touch of me on your life will change everything. Sometimes we have to take out those moments with the Lord that we just shut our eyes and just say, God, just come touch us, Lord. It's not about a do mentality to just read more of the word or, or do something of more to advance in the kingdom. That's not your advancement in the kingdom. Your advancement comes in the kingdom when he touches you. Because he touches you and he imparts into you the anointing. He comes and he imparts to you his love. It's supernatural. If you haven't been able to love, ask him for him to touch you with his love this morning and say, this is breakthrough here, so catch wind of it in the spirit. Whatever you're lacking in, whatever you need breakthrough in, God, I, I just can't forgive him, Lord. I'm having a hard time forgiving them, Lord. Let me touch you. I am the king of forgiveness. I forgave the whole entire world. Let me touch you so you can forgive your brothers and your sisters. Let me touch you that you can, you can begin to see me differently. Let me touch you that you can feel it inside of yourself just with your eyes shut. No more being lost or confused. See, what causes you to be lost and confused is when you don't see him. But why don't you see him? Because you haven't felt his touch in a while.
any of your five senses, if what you're lacking is touch, then go to the Father to receive it. Lord, I feel so alone. You know, you can be around a thousand people and still feel alone. What makes you not feel alone anymore? His touch. When you come and you feel him next to you, when you walk with him in the cool of the day, then you don't feel alone anymore. You know, pioneers feel the most loneliness out of everybody. Builders, they feel the most loneliness out of everybody because of the assignment that they have to carry in the season. And the Lord's like, but you're not alone. I'm right here with you. I'm walking with you. Feel my touch. That's why he comes to you extending out his hand to you. And he says, can you just touch my hand? If touching all of me is too much for you right now, can if I extend my hand out to you, can you just touch my hand? Do you remember like when, when I was growing up, I remembered the touch of my father's hands because he was a hard worker, my father. And I knew what his hands felt like when I touched them. And I knew what my mother's hands felt like when I touched them. See, there's a touching that comes with the Lord that you know his hands. He was a carpenter. So guess what his hands felt like? Guess what his hands smelled like? See, the Lord's trying to take you deeper this morning to understand a different form of touch in your life. <laughs> and it comes in purity, the touch. It comes with no motive, no agenda. It just comes that you would have a better understanding of who you're serving every day. What kind of kingdom you're serving. What kind of kingdom you're working for at this moment. God, we just pray that the people in here and those that are watching feel your touch. They feel your touch in their heart. And even though if it's a little awkward for some of us, God, God, let your peace and your rest come in the touch, Lord. That we would know and learn how to touch, Lord. Even those around us, Lord. We would learn how to love the way that you love, Father. Because when you touch us, love is imparted into us, Lord. We can't say we've been touched by heaven, God, unless we've been transformed, Lord. Let us want your touch more than anything else in this world, Lord. More than any person in this world, Lord. Let us just want your touch this morning, Lord. Some of you are going to begin to feel him right now. You feel him in your heart. Some of you will feel him in the, the fingertips. I just kept feeling this vibration in the fingertips. If you're feeling him in your fingertips, it's because he wants to activate your five senses this morning. To smell, to, 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 to feel the touch, to hear, to see what the Lord really is about.
Maybe you never experienced him that way. So God, we just pray that you activate our five senses this morning, Lord. That we know every part, every facet, Lord, of who you are, Lord. Touch us right now, Lord. Touch us in the deepest parts, Lord. Begin to touch us, Father.